Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so grateful that you are here today and sharing this time with me. So I hope the last two weeks were helpful for you and that you've sent them to lots of your friends. We did two full weeks on dating in the 21st century, and it is a hard thing to do. Dating is a hard thing to do. So I hope you got some good help from that. We've had some great feedback, and I love it when you give feedback. And so you can also always um, contact me through the website at CynthiaHyatt.com if you have any topics or guests that you would like me to interview or that you any topics you would like me to speak on. I would love to do that for you. So we're going to spend this week really talking about thankfulness and gratitude. And I've done this before, but I have a couple of different things that I want to do this time that are a little different take. And, and I think it's going to be very helpful because there are such great physical benefits to being a grateful person. And it is a habit. It's one of those habits that we need to continue to strengthen and to work that gratefulness muscle. So generosity kind of goes with gratefulness. The more grateful you are, the more generous you tend to be, which is always helpful in relationships. And, and I love this um, verse in Romans. We're going to talk about a couple of verses before we kind of kick this whole thing off. In Romans chapter 1, verses 21, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So we can see a pretty picturesque description of what happens to your internal world if you don't honor God by thanking him. And, And if you don't practice that as a virtue, you become futile in your thinking and your heart gets dark. And I know I have felt that before. I, I can get that way where I just can't make good decisions. I don't feel like I'm thinking as creatively. It just, no matter what I'm thinking about, I, I, it just, there's no solutions that come to me. And my heart gets just sad, dark. And dark, not necessarily in hatred, but just kind of a crushed feeling, just a, a despondent feeling, not, not any energy to go out and take life on. And so this is a really important concept that God is saying. Although they knew God, they didn't thank him. When they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so when we see foolish hearts, we recognize that God is saying to not be a grateful person is a foolish behavior. It doesn't bring good things. It doesn't have a good outcome. And you reap what you sow. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I love that. In everything. Don't be anxious. 
about something, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. So it might be that the only thing you can thank God for when you are anxious about something is the fact that he hears your prayer and that he loves you and you have proof of that because you're still alive. And sometimes I know that sometimes people can think, well, maybe that's because God doesn't love me. I'm still down here. But really the truth is life is a great gift and we get to spend it however we would like. And one of the things that would be in our best interest is to go to the greatest mind of all and say, here is this commodity I have, which is my life. Help me know how to invest it, how to spend it, what to do with it. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for taking my request. Thank you for giving me guidance. Thank you for the doors that you're going to be opening. Thank you for the fact that you forgave me that you still love me, even when I mess up, even when I sin, even when I struggle, you still love me. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So, you know, sometimes it's so hard down here that the only thing maybe we can thank God for is salvation. that we get to spend our eternity with God. And there won't be hurt. There won't be any more tears when we go to heaven. But we're certainly not in heaven right now. We get little glimpses of it, moments that feel like heaven, but we're not in heaven. So we have to really orient our mind, our hearts, to be that of someone that's thankful. So Psalms 106 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And sometimes I see what God does in Scripture. Sometimes he wants us to focus more on the big picture and not get so caught up in the moment we're in and the, and the hurt that we're experiencing right at the moment or the trouble that we're having. And that we just go, you know, I'm going to give thanks to God for he is good. He's a good God. That's why the world is still in existence because of his goodness. His goodness causes him to be so forgiving and so forbearing. So he's a good God. And he says his steadfast love endures forever. Isn't that amazing? It's never going to end. And this one's really helpful too. This is Psalms 105 verse 1. It says, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. One of the greatest things you can do if you're feeling downcast, if you're feeling heavy laden, you're feeling like your life isn't working, it's not going anywhere, everybody's against me, whatever it is, if you start to talk about what God has done for you in the past, the stories that you have, you will be amazed how much it lightens your heart. See, thankfulness, it's a lost art of courtesy. Thank you. Two very, very significant words. Very powerful words. I, I constantly tell couples when I'm working with them, you can't say thank you enough. You can't say thank you enough. Because that's part of the gas that makes the machine go. It fuels the engine. It causes me to want to do more. 
Because manners, you have to understand, are indicative of highly evolved people. The more base, the more primitive a people is, the more they, they act in, in ways that ha are, are unmannerly. They have no manners. They're primitive. They're base. So what does it say when you say, oh, that person has a lot of class? Most likely they're extremely courteous. What do you say if they have good breeding? The first manner you learn as a kid is thank you. And see, this is a continuous source of supply. This is having an overflow. This is springs of water. And it talks about that in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. He says he's going to make streams in the desert. And that's what thankfulness does. It makes streams in the desert. So when my life is feeling desolate, feels like a desert, if I become thankful, all of a sudden, I feel like I start to have a little bit more life. Even talking now in the show, it, it just really brightens and supports my spirit. See, generosity leads to thankfulness. But actually, thankfulness leads to generosity. So I want you to think about this verse. This is Luke chapter 14. And it starts at verse 1. And that's really the one I'm going to talk about because it goes on for, for quite some time. But what I want, this part of, of the verse, it says, And the people were watching him closely. This is they were watching Jesus. See, there were no unintentional movements in the life of Christ. Can you imagine being that intentional? He was being watched. If you're a professing Christian, a parent, a professional, you are being watched. The Pharisees, see, they were known for being judgmental, prejudice, harming and exploiting women. I mean, they, this, this is not a good reputation these people have. So Jesus took a moment to be different and show a new way. He wants us to have our name be synonymous with thankfulness, graciousness, not pharisaical. The Pharisees were not unique because that word, it, became to, it came to describe a people. Now, I want you to think about your name. Does your name describe a certain people group? Or does your name, wow, when people hear your name, what do they think? What does that name describe? Well, if people hear the name Cynthia, they say, oh, I know Cynthia Hyatt. What, was that, what would my name describe? So would people want to name your kid your name? Would people want to name, would you want to name children somebody else's name? What would you want to name your children? Because those names describe something. And so you want your name to be synonymous with thankfulness. Now, remember, we've talked a lot in previous shows about our brains, and our brains are an organ, and so it's fallen like the rest of our flesh, and it needs to be continuously uplifted by our spirit. See, our brains are hardwired to go to the negative. We have to resist it. It's like gravity. We have to resist it. So I like this writer, Robert Emmons, and he talks a lot about just gratitude and why gratitude is good. And so he's one of the world's leading scientific experts on gratitude. And he really reveals to us why 
gratitude is good for our bodies, our minds, our relationships. And so, of course, it's a nice gesture. But why do we do it? What's good about gratitude? And so, for more than a decade, he studied the effects of gratitude on physical health, on psychological well-being, and on relationships with others. And what happened was they did this whole entire series, and they had, he had his colleagues and a lot of the people that were helping systematically cultivate gratitude, and they kept a gratitude journal in which they regularly recorded things they were grateful for. Because gratitude journals and other gratitude practices, they often seem really simple and basic, but in the studies that, that he did, that Robert Emmons did, he found that people that kept gratitude journals for just three weeks were amazing. The results were overwhelming. And they studied 1,000 people from the ages of 8 years old to 80. And they found that people who practice generosity consistently report a host of benefits. And let me tell you what the benefits of gratitude are. Why God would tell us repeatedly to be grateful. Now remember, I'm always talking to you about the fact that God knows his design. You know you don't four-wheel drive a Ferrari, right? You're careful. You know the design. It's not made for that. So what brings the best performance out of a Ferrari, out of a race car? Think about people that own race cars and how much study they put into the fuel and the different ways that they really create that fuel, the recipe of the fuel, to the point that they even want to copyright it. They don't want anyone to steal what they've done and what they've discovered as to how to make that car really race at really high levels of speed with a lot of heat. And so gratitude is one of those ingredients that when put into our design, the machine of our being, what we get is a lot of benefits. And one, in the physical realm, we get a stronger immune system. We're less bothered by aches and pains. We have lower blood pressure. We exercise more because we have more energy. We sleep longer and we feel more refreshed when waking up. That's some of the, in, out of this whole entire study, that's what was quantified. That's what they came up with. A child from eight years old to 80 years old. And so psychologically, we get higher levels of positive emotions. We're more alert, we're more alive, awake, we're more joyful, and we experience pleasure more deeply. We are more optimistic, and we increase our happiness quotient. Which, of course, would go back to having a stronger immune system, less aches and pains, lower blood pressure, more energy to exercise. What happens socially if we're a person of gratitude, if we practice this and strengthen that emotional muscle? Well, socially, we're more helpful. We're more generous. We're more compassionate. We're more forgiving. We're more outgoing, and we feel less lonely and isolated. So the social benefits are especially significant because gratitude is a social emotion. And he goes on to say that in relationships, 
It's a relationship strengthening emotion because it requires us to see how we've been supported and affirmed by other people. So when we practice this in the groups that we interact with, you'll be amazed at how strengthening this is for the relationships in the group. Now, this cuts to the very heart of the definition of gratitude, which has two components. And first, it's an affirmation of goodness. So we affirm that there are good things in the world, gifts and benefits that we've received. We admit that. We affirm that. This doesn't mean that life is perfect. It doesn't ignore complaints and burdens and hassles. But when we look at life as a whole, gratitude encourages us to identify some amount of goodness in our life. But it's not every moment of every day. But overall, see, gratitude helps us to have a big picture look. It's like this great panacea. It's a great just ointment, an, an, like a, a balm of, of just peace that we give our hearts, our souls, when we practice gratitude. It makes the whole world easier to contend with. So it didn't, you know, it's really understanding that the second part of gratitude is figuring out where that goodness comes from. Now, we know as Christians, God is good. That's where goodness emanates from. And so we recognize the sources and the source, the main source of goodness being God, and then other sources of goodness that are outside of ourselves so that we can thank those sources. Things like if you have to do something online with a credit card, if you have to dispute a charge, if you have to call up a manufacturer and say, I didn't get my order. The more grateful you are, the more gracious you are, the better service you'll probably get. And what happens is it's contagious because that person that helped you passes it on to the next person. They get a dose of just, wow, I feel so much better. They get energy from the call they had with you. So then we also know some of this comes from us. So we get it from an outside source. We take that outside source, which is God or other people. We integrate it and then we give it away. And we appreciate the positive traits in ourselves. Because I think true gratitude involves a humble dependence on others as well as a humility of who we are. And when you think about being humble, humble is also honest. So being very clear about positive traits is not arrogant. It's honest. It doesn't mean we do anything self-aggrandizing, like saying, because I have this trait, I'm better than you. It's, well, because I have this trait, I need to use it for the benefit of the world. If I'm more prone to gratefulness, I need to give it away a lot. So we really want to think about how we achieve that overall goodness in our life. And one of the ways is through gratefulness. So when we think about goodness and gratitude, what good is gratitude? Well, we have lots of research results why gratitude has been transformative in its effects on people's lives. And there are several important reasons. And if we highlight four in particular, we see that gratitude allows us to celebrate the present. It magnifies positive emotions. 
And that research on emotion shows that positive emotions can wear off quickly. See, our emotional systems like newness. They like novelty. They like change. So we adapt to positive life experiences. Before long, they don't feel exciting anymore. But gratitude, that helps us appreciate the value of something when the newness has worn off. And see how powerful this is in your relationship. Maybe how easy it is when you're newlyweds or in your beginning of a relationship or when you, you first have a child and your gratitude about, thank you, God, for this relationship. But as the newness wears off, right? So gratitude helps us to appreciate the value of something. And we extract more benefit from it. And we give more ben benefit to the other. And we're less likely to take that person for granted. See, gratitude helps us to participate more in life. We notice the positives more. And that magnifies pleasure. And so we celebrate goodness. We don't just adapt to it and take it for granted. We celebrate it. So it really helps to be participators in life versus spectators that are critics. And all of us can fall into that bad habit. I can do as well. And so we want to be participators, not just spectators. Now, what else does gratitude do for us? Gratitude blocks toxic and negative emotions, such as envy, resentment, and regret. And these emotions really destroy happiness. There's even a recent evidence. Um, it's a 2008 study by psychologist Alex Wood, and that's in the Journal of Research and Personality. And he shows that gratitude can reduce the frequency and duration of episodes of depression. Well, it makes sense. We cannot feel envious and grateful at the same time. They're incompatible feelings. If you're grateful, you can't resent someone for having something you don't. See, those are very different ways of relating to the world. Sure enough, the research that has been done has suggested that people who have higher levels of gratitude have lower levels of resentment and envy. And we're going to talk more about how gratitude and thankfulness is the antidote for resentment and envy. So the, the third one is grateful people are, are more stress resistant. And the fourth one is great, grateful people have a higher sense of self-worth. So the number of studies showing in the face of serious trauma, adversity, and suffering, people that have a grateful disposition, they recover quickly, much more quickly. And they, that gratitude gives them a different perspective on what that traumatic event means to them. And they have less post-trauma stress, and they have less anxiety. See, grateful people also have a higher sense of self-worth. And that's because when you're grateful, you have a sense that someone else is looking out for you. Someone else is providing for your well-being. You notice a network of relationships. And there are a lot of people that are lonely. And they may say, you don't, Cynthia, you don't know what you're talking about. But I know there are people, even if you just have one, that's where you start. And even if you feel like it's only God and you don't feel like God is that person, then talk to him about that. Tell him. So we're going to talk more tomorrow about this whole idea about thankfulness, about gratitude. And what are some of the challenges to gratitude? Because gratitude doesn't mean it's, it's easy. 
And it's, it's at odds with deeply ingrained psychological tendencies for negativity. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Glad you shared your time with me today. Join me tomorrow. I appreciate you all the time, and I pray for you daily as well. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.